Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 59, where we're discussing The Man from Tallahassee, from season 3 of Lost. When I asked you earlier if it hurt when you suffered your injury, I think you misunderstood me. Seems fairly obvious that when a person's back smashes into a hard surface after being thrown from a building, that that's going to sting a little. But I really wasn't asking about the physical pain. What, you want to know if it hurt my feelings? No, John. I wanted to know what it felt like when your own father tried to kill you. He's the reason you destroyed the submarine, isn't he? You're afraid. You're afraid of him, and this is the one place he can never find you. This is the one place he can never get to. What do you want from me? I don't know how it happened. But you seem to have some communion with this island, John. And that makes you very, very important. You have no idea what you're talking about, of course, but in time you'll have a better understanding of things. So what do I want? I want to help you, John. Why? Because I'm in a wheelchair and you're not. Are you ready to see? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing The Man from Tallahassee, a Locke-centric episode, and the episode where we finally find out why Locke was in a wheelchair, yeah. Yeah, which was a, a nice nice thing to finally figure out after all this time. Um, let's see here. The first note I have is that you know, we pick up right where we left off with mm-hmm. you know Jack playing football with Tom and Juliet. And Locke sees Ben being wheeled out in a wheelchair and, you know, talking to Jack, uh, even shaking his hand. Right. And uh, their plan to rescue Jack is obviously going to be a lot more complicated than they thought. And Kate is totally convinced that he's kind of under their influence. Uh, But I don't know if you had any other new thoughts on this whole Jack situation this far into the episode. No, I mean, at this point, you know, it just seems like um, he is, you know, just kind of found his role and is mm-hmm. comfortable in it and, and, uh, and they're comfortable with him and they're comfortable with him and yeah it seems really really uh um at like a normal living situation you yeah. know it's just it's strange but i mean um it was just kind of i think it was kind of like a, sh- a shocking 
to Kate and them to see him shake Ben's hand, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, what? <laughs> you know? And right. Then, and that's why I think Kate even, she said something like that. She's like, you know, Jack wouldn't do that after what yeah. all they've done to us, you know? Yeah. And that's interesting too, because I mean, obviously we know that, um, the last interaction Kate really saw Jack having with Ben was when they were on that dock, mm-hmm. that pier and you know, had the bags put over their head and all that stuff. So she doesn't know about the surgery stuff. Well, she knows she it was knows. going to happen, but she doesn't really know the circumstances right. and stuff. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, in a flashback, a, na- a man named Peter Talbot shows up to talk to Locke about his mother, who has gotten involved with Anthony Cooper, mm-hmm. and um, you know who is now going to be going by the name Adam Seward. And uh, he's suspicious of Anthony and, and wanted to check with Locke to see if uh, he was correct in his uh, you know questioning right. of Anthony Cooper. Yeah. And Locke says that his kidney donation was anonymous, so he can't really vouch for Anthony's character or motives. Now, what I wondered about here is why did he do this? Why did mm-hmm. he not just tell the guy the situation? Did he want to take time to, to look into it before he accused Anthony Cooper of you know, doing something wrong? Yeah. It's almost, to me, it's like it's another example of Locke you know, giving way too much time and attention to Anthony Cooper. It's yeah. like he should have just told the guy, well, he actually stole my kidney. But instead, he decides he's going to give it time, look into the situation, mm-hmm. find out what anthony's motivations are right and then go from there yeah it almost seemed like it was his opportunity to um reconnect with anthony yeah you know that's true too yeah which like he is, just uses it as an excuse to do it yeah i mean that whole situation and that whole relationship is just sick yeah you know i mean his his obsession with it and, and even the beginning of the um episode we see that you know locks on disability for being depressed you right. know yeah which you know is it, it just goes to show you know how how sick he is about this yeah. whole thing you know i mean to yeah. the point of not being able to do anything so yeah i had a note about that that hit me later but it really applies now just that you know it, it hit me during the scene where um you know where locks getting into his wheelchair for the first right. time it totally hit me like how like everything that's wrong with Locke is because of Anthony. Oh Cooper. yeah, definitely. And like everything, I mean, the reason his life is, has the low quality that it does is because of Anthony Cooper. But yeah. yet Locke still has this need to have this relationship and yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt every time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, fortunately I don't, I can't relate to that type of, um, yeah. you know, negative, you know, behavior because I mean, I, I've, my, you know, my, my dad was actually a really good guy, but yeah. just seeing that was really, it's disturbing because yeah. I'm sure that there's, you know, instances like out there that are, that are like this, you right. know, I and mean, worse and, yeah, worse, exactly. You yeah. know, but man, yeah, it just, it just shows it's such an, a negative light. Cause like you said, had he not had this, um, or he was able to beat it back when he was in all those pig therapies and he met yeah. uh, the girl, mm-hmm. uh, he probably would have had a pretty good life. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it does. It says something too that you know, despite the relationship he had with her, which seemed to be really great, mm-hmm. that this this relationship he wanted with his father won out exactly. over that relationship. Yep. And it's especially the little tiny bit that he knew Anthony Cooper. I mean, mm-hmm. he only knew him for like maybe a week, right, or something. Yeah. And so the fact that that relationship still was so powerful just shows Locke's need and desire to have that figure that father figure in his life i mean i i honestly i mean i don't know if it'd make a difference in Locke's mind but maybe it would have 
I'm hoping that like somehow they would have found like, you know, some blood work or something that would have proved that he wasn't Locke's dad. That the yeah. whole time it was just, you know, just a plan to get his kidney. You know, uh-huh. like the fact that if he really, you know, Anthony Cooper really is Locke's dad is just right. So disturbing. And yeah, so and sick. that's the thing too is like I don't think up to this point I'm still not sure if I mean I think it's we're supposed to believe yeah it's his really yeah. his father. But to me, it's like I still don't no see anything to, to believe that. No. It's like he's still just a victim of Anthony mm-hmm. Cooper. He's not really exactly truly his son or anything. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we've actually – I mean, Anthony Cooper acts like he really is his mm-hmm. father. I mean, yeah, you would think that at some point, if, you know, especially whenever Locke was coming around so much, he would say, look, I'm not your dad. That was part of this whole thing. Right. You know, I mean – but I don't know. It, it's kind of like Anthony Cooper also to keep, you know, everything in play just in case he needs something else. Yeah, you know? that's, that's true. Yeah, good point. So at the barracks, you know, Kate finally sneaks into the house where Jack is staying and he's playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And he tells her to get out of there right now and that they're watching him. And some of the others come in and subdue Kate and Jack doesn't seem to be on her side at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they're trying to play, you know, is Jack on the other's t- side now and right. all this stuff a little bit yeah. too much. But meanwhile, you know, Locke sneaks into Ben's house and tells him that he's not looking for Jack. He's looking for the submarine. Mm-hmm. And a minute later, Tom and a man named Richard come into Ben's house and Ben tells Richard that he wants him to bring him the man from Tallahassee. Yeah. And Richard responds, you know, what do you need him for? Of course, we find out later, you know, or at least I think we find out later who the man from Tallahassee is. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. So, uh, you know, Locke later shows up at a flower shop, you know, in a flashback. And um, it's where Anthony and his future wife are looking at wedding flowers. Mm -hmm. And he tells Anthony that he wants, you know, him to basically call off the wedding because it's not fair that he makes people, you know, feel like they're his family and then leaves them, you know, in ruin. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to let him do it again. Yeah. And, um, you know, either he leaves her or Locke tells her the truth. And Cooper seems to agree at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a, I, obviously a weird scene. But, uh, but you knew Anthony Cooper wasn't going anywhere. I mean, he's, it just was, uh, but you, you get to see kind of this con man at work. And yeah in action you know in action it kind of it has such a sawyer type feel yeah, to it right it's like a sawyer never changed he ended up being just like anthony cooper uh-huh. you know right which yeah yeah there's a lot of similarities there with mm-hmm. i mean there the whole issue with sawyer being a con man and more and more we see how much of a con man yeah. anthony cooper is that's exactly. very interesting so uh, back at ben's house you know ben realizes that Locke doesn't want the submarine so he can escape he wants it so he can destroy it. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to that scene. So tell me, John, how do you expect to pilot our submarine? I mean, it's a complicated piece of machinery. You don't just press submerge. I'll figure something out. For all you know, I was a commander in the Navy. Put your arm around my neck. I'll lift under your knees. What's in the pack, John? If you met me, Kyle, that means you were in the communications station. Which means you found the explosives. So you're not planning to pilot the submarine anywhere, are you? You're planning to destroy it. 
I know you, John Locke. You don't know me at all. I know you were born in California. I know you were raised in foster care. I know you wasted a big part of your life in Tustin, pushing papers at a company that manufactured industrial boxes. I know you spent the four years prior to your arrival on this island in a wheelchair. And I know how you ended up in it. Tell me, John, did it hurt? I felt my back break. What do you think? So, of course, this scene reinforces that they know a lot about these people that crashed on the island. Mm -hmm. Whether they knew it before they crashed or it's something they've learned otherwise, you know, since then, we don't really know. Um, He asked Locke if it hurt, you know, whatever made him end up in a wheelchair, which, of course, we find out later was him falling to the ground. Right. And uh, Locke says he felt his back break, which sounds horribly painful. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's not a lot in the scene, but what I, I did like was the fact that, um, you know, Ben knew exactly why Locke was in the wheelchair, yeah. even though we didn't. Yeah. And it was kind of, it kind of was a great kind of technique to show us how much they knew about these people. Yeah, definitely. To know more about them than we do, even after all this time we've spent yeah. learning about them. So I thought that yeah, was really cool. Yeah, I think it was pretty neat. You know, it all started off because, you know, John says, oh, you know, I could have been commander in the Navy, you know? Right. You know, and yeah. it's like, no, Ben no. gives him this look yeah, like, no, like, no, no you weren't. No, you're not. <laughs> I know a lot more about you than you think. Right, yeah. But, but yeah, so it was kind of, it's kind of still freaks me out to know that these people know so, or and I just don't know why mm-hmm. they know so much about these people, you know? Yeah. Right. Just or why? Yeah, why yes, they, why they wanted to know so much about these? It's really you know, strange. Really events. strange. So you know, Tom takes Jack to visit Kate. You know where she's being held, and uh, tells Jack to be careful in there. And then he kind of motions that they can hear what he's saying. So clearly, Tom is kind of like on Jack's side. Yeah. I don't know if they just kind of created a friendship or they trust each other. Obviously, they're playing football together, so they're mm-hmm. probably kind of buddies. Yeah, I see it. Like we talked about before, there is definitely a couple type of people on yeah. in this tr- group, you right. know, and Tom and um, I will forget her name, but um, Juliet. Juliet, yeah, yeah. Juliet. Uh-huh. I told you I'm horrible with names, great faces. <laughs> uh, but Juliet and Tom definitely seem to be of the same nature. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, like Ben mentions later how, you know, he was born on the island, but others were kind of recruited. Right. They definitely seem like they're recruited. Yeah, type. definitely. And they're, it's kind of more like a job for yeah. them. And they're still people and they still, you know, have compassion and sympathy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you're right there. And, uh, you know, Jack tells Kate that, you know, all of the kids they took are all safe. Um, and she asks if he's with them now. And he says he's not with anyone. And he reminds her that he told her not to come back for him. Yeah. And he tells her that, you know, he made a deal with them and they're going to let him go, you know, home first thing in the morning. And he's planning to bring back help and he will come back for her. And I really liked that scene, mm-hmm. the end of it, because Jack has been real cold and standoffish the whole time and yeah. just acting like he could care less about Kate and the rest of them. And, you know, at the end of the scene, he kind of whispers in her ear, he'll come back for yeah. her. And it just reminds you that, you know, he does realize he's being watched and listened to and mm-hmm. he's being careful, 
but the same Jack's kind of still there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, at first he really he he almost he well he does he talks just like one of the the others. He's, yeah, you know, he's the saying, kids are all safe. Yeah, yeah they're all safe. Da, 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 da. He almost gets ready to say, um, whenever Juliet walks in, he's going to say, "There's no way I can explain it to you." You know, like he's been told. Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. and like she wouldn't get it. You know, which yeah, which was thing that's been said you know oh yeah yeah that mikhail said to her yeah yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't you couldn't understand, understand yeah you know? yeah I, I didn't pick up on that that's a good point yeah she he gets cut off right he goes there's no way i and and then um, juliet walks in but he he's basically saying the same thing and i'm like man what is this i mean has, has jack now been redeemed and now uh-huh. he can get it you right. know yeah, that's that's really interesting because it would explain why he seems so comfortable right. amongst them. If he understands exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. and feels comfortable that it's okay, I mean that's that would explain why yeah. he's fine being there, waiting till the sub goes so we can yeah. leave. It's like, yeah, I want to go home, but I really don't mind being here. Right, I, I get it now. Yeah. yeah, right. So in a flashback, you know, some agents are waiting for Locke when he gets home, and they're asking him questions about Peter Talbot because he's now dead. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly a victim of Anthony Cooper. Definitely. No question yeah. about that. Um, so back at Ben's place, you know, Ben tells Locke how hard it ha- was to be in the hatch with him, mm-hmm. knowing that Locke shouldn't have been up and walking. You know, they should have been in a wheelchair. And not being able to ask him about it without revealing who, it, you know, who he truly was. Right. And, uh, you know, Ben is wondering why he hasn't experienced the same miraculous healing that Locke did. That was a cool scene because mm-hmm. it was nice to for them to actually acknowledge that he was in that hatch with them for a long time and right. tortured and everything else. And to hear what it was like from his perspective as Ben right. instead of Henry, you know. Yeah. So that was really cool. Definitely. And, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, Locke did experience this healing the moment he crashed on this island and that, you know, Ben's been there forever. And it's almost like he feels betrayed in some way because Locke got this healing mm-hmm. and he never should have been sick in the first place if he right. was in the same situation. Yeah. So do you think that it's it's all about the island doing this or do you think it's something about Locke and that's the reason why he was healed? Um, I Well, the way it kind of alluded to and to me in, in this um, uh, scene was that there's a connection between the two of them, obviously, the mm-hmm. island and Locke, that there's some something about Locke that is special. Um, and the island, for whatever reason, has, I don't know, seemed to have favor towards Locke. And, yeah. and I mean, obviously, that that is something that Ben struggles with so much because it seems mm-hmm. like, I mean, to, I mean, I can understand that he's committed his whole life to this island. And yeah. You know, here Locke shows up and, you know, he immediately is walking. Yeah. You know. And there's a scene later on that talks more about that, too, mm-hmm. when we get there. Um, now, there, here was an interesting part. You know, Saeed, you know, crosses paths with Alex. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he notes that she looks just like her mother, Danielle. And uh, Alex says her mother is dead, you know, and Saeed's like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's what they told you, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I thought it was interesting to learn that Alex had no clue that right. her mother was running around on this island. Yeah. I wonder if she even realized that she was born from another woman on this yeah, island. I don't think so. Know. For a while now, I've thought that, you know, she probably just believes that Ben's her dad and, right. you know, her mom's been dead. And I mean, I just, I assumed that she had no recollection of um, Danielle at all. Yeah. Um, but what... 
I don't get is how defiant she is and how angry she is at Ben. Like, what what has made that happen, you know? True. Well, I think it, to me it's always seemed like to this point a combination of just typical, you know, teenage, teenage. rebellion, but also her kind of being privy to how Ben works with those mm-hmm. people and knows mm-hmm. that he's manipulative, obviously, because mm-hmm. she tells Locke about it. Yeah. Um, but just knowing who he is and also being a teenager is yeah. just a bad combination. But she kind of works a, against a lot of the groups uh, mode or, you know, in, in uh, plans, right. you know, which yeah. is, you know, it's kind of very Danielle is uh-huh. without even knowing that Daniel exists and that she yeah. has that in her. It's just, I don't know, you know, obviously I, I figured that she had no clue about Danielle, but it's like, mm-hmm. Why? Why so defined? I mean, I was a teenager at one point, and yeah. I, I mean, I understand going against mom and dad, but right. not to the point of you know trying to sabotage everything they're about. Right. So. Yeah. And it, yeah, this just makes you wonder if she knows something we something. don't, and she knows that you know even though Jack's comfortable that what they're doing is okay, apparently exactly that, that she knows what's going on and she's not mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Her and her boyfriend, which I now yeah. can't remember his name, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a fault of mine, but I, 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 you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We know exactly who you're talking about. So uh, back at Ben's house, you know, Locke and Ben continue their interesting conversation about the, the sub. Let's listen to that. Where'd you get electricity? We have two giant hamsters running in a massive wheel at our secret underground. Yeah, yeah that's funny. There's leftovers in the refrigerator. Help yourself. I ate most of the dark meat, sorry. Hmm. I never really appreciated chicken until right now. I know you think you need to do this, John, but if you blow up my submarine, I have a big problem with my people. Is that supposed to be an incentive not to blow it up? I was born on this island. Not many of my people can say that. Most of them were recruited and brought here. And as much as they love this place, as much as they would do anything to defend it, they need to know they can leave if they want to. The sub maintains that illusion. So you're lying to them? No, they're here because they want to be here. Some of them are just not ready to make a full commitment yet. But you, John, you've already made that commitment. And now you have a choice. Because if you stop and if you think, I can show you things. Things I know you want to see very badly. Let me put it so you'll understand. Picture a box. You know something about boxes, don't you, John? What if I told you that somewhere on this island, there's a very large box. And whatever you imagined, whatever you wanted to be in it, when you opened that box, there it would be. What would you say about that, John? I'd say I hope that box is big enough to imagine yourself up a new submarine. Why are you so angry, John? Because you're cheating, you and your people. 
communicate with the outside world whenever you want to. You, you come and go as you please. You use electricity and running water and guns. You're a hypocrite, a Pharisee. You don't deserve to be on this island. If you had any idea what this place really was, you wouldn't be putting chicken in your refrigerator. You've been here 80 days, John. I've been here my entire life. So how is it that you think you know this island better than I do? Because you're in the wheelchair, and I'm not. So the first thing I noted was not something that was said, but it was something we saw. The pictures of Alex on the wall. Mm -hmm. Since she was a really little girl. Right. So she's clearly been with Ben. Yeah. Basically forever. Yeah, Daniel had actually once said once that they took her when she was when she was a baby baby yeah right. so right but it's also interesting because it totally like this isn't like a normal like kidnapping situation where they take her and she's kept locked up somewhere right now it's like they have photos like yeah, of oh, her yeah. growing up yeah it's well, definitely like a family environment uh -huh. you know yeah and it's uh very planned it seems organized yeah yeah or if nothing else you know ben seemed to to want to be the dad yeah you know exactly yeah, it's, it's very odd. And he he references talks about her a lot, right? You know, mm -hmm. and even in this uh, episode, he's like, you know, I don't know that you got the right person at this point. She hates me. Yeah, I'm not sure she's <laughs> gonna do anything. Saying she's like dad, you know, and she calls him dad, which uh -huh. to me, I mean, if she just kind of rolled her eyes and was like, whatever, yeah, you know, then that'd be different. But she said, dad, like, you know, obviously, I'm right. not going to let you die. Yeah, and it wasn't you know? like she's you know called him Ben, like, yeah, like she or totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she really thinks this guy's her dad, exactly. clearly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if she doesn't totally agree with what he's doing, she, right. th she thinks he, that he's her father. So, mm -hmm. you know, and he says if Locke blows up his sub, Ben will have a big problem with his people. Right. Um, ben was born on the island, but most were not. They were recruited. And they need to know that they can leave the island when they want. Mm -hmm. um, the sub maintains that illusion. And Locke kind of calls him on that. And he's like, so you're lying to him. And he backpedals and says that they're here because they want to be, but some of them just aren't ready to make a full commitment yet. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of uh, reinforces our theory about these others yeah. being different groups of the others. Right. And uh, Ben tells Locke that you know he can show him things, things he so ver very badly wants to see. Right. And uh, picture a box. What if I told you that somewhere on this island there's a very large box where whatever you imagine. Um, whatever you wanted to be in it, when you open the box, there it would be. Right. So very intriguing. Mm -hmm. I mean, super mysterious. And what is it? Why is it there? Right. And um, we can come back to that and discuss it if you've got thoughts on that. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Locke says, you know, Ben and his people are cheating. Mm -hmm. You know, communicating with the outside world, come and go as they please, running water. They're all hypocrites, Pharisees. And they don't deserve to be on that island. If they had any idea what the place really was, they wouldn't be putting chicken in the refrigerator. Yeah. Um, so clearly, um, Locke feels like he has this connection with this mm -hmm. island that none of them can even touch. And he knows that something's different because of the situation yeah. Ben is in. Yeah. And because of the fact that he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, definitely. Um, it seems, I mean, Locke at this point kind of gets, I mean, I don't know... I don't know what he thinks he knows or what he does know, but he does kind of get uh, to a position where he feels like he's superior yeah. to, to them. 
Right. You know, and it's like even though they live there and they you know think they know everything that's going on, mm-hmm. that he knows more. Yeah, which definitely. is so interesting because of how lost we feel, mm-hmm. like about what's going on, and you know they just crashed on this island eighty something days ago, and here you know Locke is feeling like feeling like he has it all figured out after the short amount of experience he yeah. has, and then he's confident enough about it to call Ben out on it, which is really odd also in retrospect to just the fact that he not too long ago was ready just to bail on everything yeah. he was so depressed and like nothing yeah. means you know my life's never mean anything yeah you know i'm like how did okay if you if you have this feeling about the island how do you go through that yeah. depression or that that right point you know i don't know i think this is a good example <clears throat> of some of the writers doing some backpedaling of their own evidently you know? <laughs> i think they're trying to go back and turn Locke into the character yeah. that they wanted him to be instead of the, the whiny complaining That's what it feels Locke. like, yeah. yeah. But I love this scene because, um, you know, there's no denying Ben's, you know, strategic mm-hmm. manipulation of people. Right. And Locke is very similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Not as manipulative. Well, in some ways, yeah. I guess he was. But this great scene between these two, like, incredibly interesting characters. Yeah. And, like, they're going back and forth, and it's just an awesome, awesome scene that we haven't been able to see to this point because the last time they were together, you know, he was pretending to be, Ben was pretending to be somebody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. And it was just so, so Yeah, cool. it was really, really good. And one thing that made me think about during this scene when he was talking about the whole submarine being the ability to go in and out or whatever, mm-hmm. it made me think, okay, then is, is um, Walt and Michael going to pop back up? Because they were on a boat. Right. You know, I'm like, and they told him to go a certain direction, but, like, if that's still a possibility, then there's still a possibility to get out of this place. Right. Because, yeah, there was a submarine thing. Um, but if, if Walt and them come back, then obviously we understand that that's not the case. That the submarine was the only way out. But Right. I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting because, it. I mean, if your theory about this being, like, underwater, you mm-hmm. know, this hall being surrounded by water, I mean, then they've just kind of sent Michael and Walt out to yeah. nowhere you know they're yeah. just kind of going out there and they'll never get anywhere yeah unless they get to a certain point where you know there's there is some type of like people you know a group that met them mm-hmm. you know out there and said okay and this is where the maybe the crossover was made you know right i, I, I don't know but i i do i do suspect that there's i mean well one of two things either michael and we're gonna show back up or there is definitely another way off his island yeah so right so, you know, right after that, Alex tells Locke, you know, that Ben has a way of manipulating people into doing what he wants, but making them mm-hmm. think that it was their idea. Um, he goes off to blow up the sub, and, you know, Danielle gets her first glimpse of Alex. I think I mentioned this earlier, and I was at the wrong point. No, I don't think you mentioned her. Oh, maybe, it. okay. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about Saeed, yeah. you know, yeah, talking to her about her mother, yeah. Yeah, so Danielle gets a glimpse of Alex, and she's clearly really shaken by that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that whole time, you know, Jack and Juliet show up and uh, ask or Jack asks Ben to give him his word that he'll let all of his friends go. Right. Once he's left the island and Ben agrees, um, you know, and and Juliet thanks him for keeping his promise and tell, you know, to let her leave the island as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack goes out, you know, goes to the dock and sees Locke and Locke says he's sorry, you know, sorry for what? And boom, the sub is Mm -hmm. gone. Now, what I liked about this scene before is, you know, you can tell the entire time that Ben knows that they're never going to leave. So, you know, he can promise all he needs to. Yeah. 
Um, but also it kind of tells you something more again about Ben's character about he's being honest. Mm-hmm. Like he knows they're not going to be leaving, but he's, he wouldn't want to lie directly to them. Right. He wants to kind of tell them half truths, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And totally manipulating Locke into blowing up the sub and uh, making Locke think it's his idea the entire yeah. time. And yeah. so just crazy amounts of ma- manipulation going on with Ben. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange, though, that Ben's idea became, became Locke's thoughts. Yeah. You know, which I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the power is there, you know, but somehow what Ben wanted done was played out through Locke. Right. Whenever Ben couldn't do it. I mean, so, I mean, Locke coming up saying, I want to blow up the submarine. Yeah. I mean. Well, but Ben kind of spells that out later, you know. He knew all this about Locke. He knew his situation. He knew that Locke was healed when he got on that island and therefore probably wouldn't want to leave because mm-hmm. he'd be afraid he would be unhealed if he left. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Anthony Cooper in that situation here, he is safe from that whole situation, and if he leaves, he's back into it again. Well, I understand Locke's motive, but for it to work for Ben's favor, the way it worked, is a little too coincidental. You know, he's like, oh, look, I'm sitting here thinking, how am I going to do this? And in walks you, saying, yeah. I want to blow up the submarine. Like, right. it doesn't seem like coincidental. It almost seems like divine. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, he's sitting there thinking about it. Here comes well, Locke. Yeah, let's see. Now Locke fig- found out about the sub from Mikhail, who mm-hmm. was telling everybody about that in the smoke ha- or the the flame. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let's see what happened after that. Yeah, he finds the, the C four in the flame, and then brings that with him, and then just decides he's going to blow up the sub mm-hmm. and because obviously if Jack or anybody leaves, the he risks being rescued. Being, right. So he wants to keep that from happening. Oh, yeah. So if that's the only way off the island, then obviously that's an obvious choice. Mm -hmm. But I can see how Ben would know that that would be a logical train of thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can understand. I could track a lot of the train of thought before Mm -hmm. it to become an action. Yeah. There has to be some kind of prime there. I mean, for for Locke to have met Mikhail, Mm -hmm. for Mikhail to... Oh, I see. To orchestrate the coincidences. Yeah. Yeah. To take place. It's just like, really? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's something else going on here or something. So uh, in a flashback, you know, Locke shows up at Anthony's house to confront him about Peter's death. Um, mm-hmm. He totally denies it. And he says that he's a con man, <clears throat> not a murderer, and says Peter's mother has called off the wedding. And, you know, tells Locke he can call her and ask if he doesn't believe him. And, uh, you know, just then he tackles Locke, you know, sending him plummeting out of a window. And uh, later, you know, he's in the hospital. And he's being put into a wheelchair for the first time. And like I said, it hit me then how much Anthony Cooper, you know, has to do with the person Locke is now. And just totally made his life horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, you know, we find out why Locke was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Awful. Was that as climactic as you were hoping for? Oh, yeah. Or was it kind of? Okay. No, definitely. I mean, honestly, I was thinking like, you know, I was thinking other routes. I mean. I had every option, you know, in my mind, but I was thinking, oh, just, you know, yes, some kind of like reaction to something and he has complete kidney failure, which causes this, causes that, you know, yeah. I was thinking more to that more, line, yeah. but <laughs> no, it was, it was now definitely to, crazy. Now to me, I had two thoughts about this. I remember, um, at first I was like, you know, if they're going to make this big of a mystery of why Locke was in a wheelchair, it has to be something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then after I found out this is why, I wondered if they knew this was the reason why from the beginning or, or if they were kind of waiting right. to figure out what that reason was going to be as they went along. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it has to do with Anthony, you know, mm-hmm. makes it makes it sick enough, you know. I mean, right. it, it, makes me, it makes me like, I don't know, it just it adds to the hate, toward, right. you know, that everybody should have towards this man. Yeah, you know? no doubt. But I know that some writers, at least when they're writing novels and things, like the the characters start off as an idea. Right. But after a while, it's kind of like the character kind of determines the direction mm-hmm. they go in. Rather than the writer coming up with an idea and right. doing that, they kind of say the person has an idea of their own. I can totally see them doing that, that yeah. you know. Like waiting to see what makes the most sense for mm-hmm. Locke as a character. Right. Know? And I think it is suitable because it's totally believable. I mean, it's not that hard to imagine Anthony Cooper pushing him out the window. No, not at all. And it's not something that's so over the top and weird that we're right. just like, you know, what what the heck's going on? Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was really good. So, you know, back at the barracks, you know, Locke is now chained up and Ben shows up. You know, after blowing up the sub, he's all chained up. And uh, he tells Ben that he knows that Ben wanted him to blow up the sub. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why he left the C4 in Saeed's bag because he wanted Locke to make it happen. Uh, we then see that uh, Richard is Mr. Alpert, mm-hmm. who recruited Juliet. Right. Um, so Richard Alpert is his full name. Yeah. And we can talk in a moment about why the heck he's there um, and how he's involved in all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there in a second. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ben explains to Locke that he wanted to find a way to keep Jack from leaving because he knew his people would see it as a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, if he let him go, that would be the end of Ben. Um, he tells Locke um, that he came out of the jungle to make his dreams come true, but then tells Locke that he's going to show him what came out of the box, the magic box. Right. And he says he doesn't know how it happened, but Locke seems to have some sort of communion with the island, and that makes him very, very important. You have no idea what you're talking about, of course, but in time, you'll have a better understanding of things. I want to help you, because I'm in a wheelchair and you're not. Richard then opens the door to unveil, unveil a very stunned and confused Anthony Cooper. Mm-hmm. So first, let's talk about uh, Richard Alpert. I mean, mm-hmm. is it... Is there any mystery in your mind about this guy being there in the first place? Or is it just because he was with Middleos Bioscience and he was recruiting Juliet? Now Juliet's working there, so it's totally obvious that he would be there too. Um, no, I mean, he, this, I mean, Richard guy, to me, we haven't heard or seen much on him, but mm-hmm. I, I see him shaping out to be somebody of like great significance, mm-hmm. you know, like almost even could be the guy that they all talk about right like oh no he's brilliant you know this he's that guy you know um just because he seems to be the one making the decisions on who's coming to the island Uh right you know and and orchestrating things and making things happen um and even him being there with this it's like he probably has the ability to make things happen in like bringing the man from Tallahassee there. Right. You know, it's like he was there in that scene. Mm -hmm. So it had to do, I think with him going out, right. Getting him and bringing him, you know? And yeah. And the fact that Ben told him to go get the man from Tallahassee and, you know, bring him to him. Now, what I don't know, and I'm still not real sure on this is if, um, Anthony Cooper just kind of all of a sudden appeared out of nowhere. They weren't sure why he was there in the Mm -hmm. first place 
Or if Ben tells Richard to go bring me the man from Tallahassee, Richard goes to this magic box and dials in Anthony Cooper and Anthony shows up. Yeah, yeah. I I don't really know if, if like, Locke is the reason why Anthony Cooper showed up on this island because of the special connection he has with the island Mm -hmm. or if the others delivered Anthony Cooper there. I took it as the others delivered him. Okay. You know, I, I kind of, I actually went back to how they got Juliet there. Like, I almost see, like, they know everything about, every, you know, I mean, they know where people are, you know. They know these people's whole lives, and they can orchestrate so much. I mean, the whole bus, you mm-hmm. know, incident. Right. You know, it's like, <clears throat> to me, that's probably, if I could, we could rewind it and see it from Ben's perspective of getting Juliet there, mm-hmm. he's probably like, Make the bus happen. Yeah, just make it happen, Richard. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and brother, <clears throat> looking at it, maybe Richard's not the main guy. Maybe he is. I don't know. Uh-huh. But he definitely seems like the one that is the direct connection to the outside. Right. And bringing and taking. Right. You know, well, it's all, it's all no taking yet, but bringing people there. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I think you're right, too. I He's mean, the recruiter. Yeah. And it did seem like he was <clears throat> clearly responsible for the death of Juliet's ex-husband oh, yeah. with the bus. So, I mean... <clears throat> It could be that somebody else is in charge, but it seems like he's the one manipulating circumstances and, and things like I, that. I don't know quite his involvement yet. Rather, he is the, the you know, like you said, the or we talked about the complete controlling factor. Or, mm-hmm. but he definitely, definitely has uh, the ability to bring people to this island, right? You know. But what about this whole magic box? Um, I mean, I mean, we could, pro- I could make it try to make it a mystery but to me in my mind i just picture some place that there's a there's a way to the outside world and there's a way back okay. and forth that there's right. this area this designated area that right. is this you know i don't know either like a uh, another hatch opening or something but there's this area that you know hey we need da, 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 and they can get it you True. know yeah and ben said you know whatever you imagine whatever you wanted to be in it when you open the box there it would be yeah, I it know. Seems, to me, it, it seemed more like this is something that's specific to the island. It's mm-hmm. something that's special about this island. And, um, like, it can produce anything. Yeah, it's uh, true. Less than being, I mean, their sub is for their, their you know. Traveling and know, out. Yeah, traveling back and forth. If they could just get in this box and hop back and forth, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. But it's almost like this is different. It's like a special property of the island that allows this to happen. I mean, it could be, it could be. Uh, I guess, like, uh, if I was thinking two two things actually, one it could be some type of like time travel thing, mm-hmm. you know, where literally they could go and they could get anything and everything they wanted because of the ability to travel, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be if we went back to the whole like. Matrix theory. It could be right. something that this is where things are, you know, generated, yeah. and right. you know, I mean, somebody thinks it and it happens. Kind of the whole Jack seeing his dad. You yeah. know, it's like I'm sure this box is what made that happen. You yeah. know, I mean, that's true. This could be in the same vein as you know Jack seeing his dead dad mm-hmm. walking around. Definitely. I mean, it may be, but it seemed to me more like the physical Anthony Cooper was there. Yeah. That'd and be he was too. clearly very surprised to see Locke standing on the other side of the door. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, I can't imagine the circumstances like, I mean, he ought to, you know, appears on this Island mm. and all of a sudden, you know, he's has no clue what's going on and there's Locke. Right. 
I mean, you would have to think that that's part of the reason why he's there. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. It has definitely. to do with what he's done to Locke in the past. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was, I'm just uh, so eager to find out what happens in yeah. that room. I mean, does Locke fall apart and allow, you know, does he just allow his dad to still have that control? Does he kill him? Does he, you know, uh-huh. it's like, I don't know. I don't know what, obviously, I don't believe in eye for an eye at this point, but... I mean, well, just in my in my own personal life, but mm-hmm. it, if you want anybody to see get, you know, justice would be Locke, you know, yeah. in the situation. I mean, yeah, I don't and, know. And so, I mean, it makes Cooper seem so vulnerable because he has no leverage on this island at all. It's like he's totally out there, and he's at you know the will of those people, and can't con his way out of anything. Mm-hmm. He's just whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know what the others want him to do with him. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, do they want him to kill him? Yeah, being that they're against killing, you know, like, or do they want him to forgive him? See, that's the thing too. Is that's what makes me think that they're not the people that brought him there. That's yeah, true. Yeah, because it's like, what do they have to gain by bringing Locke's dad there? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really care about turning Locke into a better person, right? Or getting him over his demons or whatever. Um, more about so, the island. Yeah, I mean, they have bigger things to worry about. Yeah. And so it seemed to me always, you know, at to this point that the island brought Anthony Cooper there. Well, but he did ask Richard to go get him. Well, yeah, but I, I, to me it's like this box is controlled by the island. Okay, and yeah. And it brought Anthony Cooper there. They didn't even know why in the first place. But, um, you so, know, once so like, they got locked there, you know, and they wanted to bring him together. He says, "Well, go get me the thing that the box spit out." Basically, yeah, okay. Maybe even at this, maybe Anthony Cooper has been there since Locke arrived on the island. True, you yeah. know, maybe like right. all this, you know, like things happened at once. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Go get me this," because I mean, they knew the man from Tallahassee was in there because, and that's what they called him. It wasn't go get me Anthony Cooper. It was go get me the man mm-hmm. from Tallahassee. Yeah, that's interesting too because it's almost like they knew where he came from, like like from where to mm-hmm. the box more than they knew who he yeah, was exactly almost like the box told that told them where it was coming yeah. from kind of thing yeah yeah it's so, a huge so mystery i mean yeah. from the hatch to the you know box you know yeah. it's like it's crazy very crazy did you have any other notes from the episode i think we totally cover everything this time i think it was really really good episode all in all and um um i'm excited to see the one thing that i found about lost that I guess even watching them the way I'm watching them, it's kind of like, oh man, it's like they'll drop it somewhere and then you won't pick up on that same note for a while later. Yeah, like several episodes right. later, you're getting back to the storyline, but yeah. in, in the middle, they have other stuff going exactly. on. Exactly. Right. Yeah, just imagine waiting weeks. Uh, between, I couldn't. Between I don't know how y'all do it. You guys are. <laughs> yeah. Lot, I, I don't know. A lot more patient than I am, I I'll guess. I'll tell you this, though, it's kind of a excitement for season five. It's, it's not as big of an issue and like. Going week to week is not hard at all. Oh, really? It's like, it's awesome. This season is amazing. Well, uh, that's all I had as well. So I guess we'll go ahead and close this out if that's it. That's it. Well, on Wednesday, we'll be discussing Expose, a Nikki and Palo-centric episode, and the unanimously worst episode of Lost ever. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about it, but also scared, because I think it's one of the least discussable episodes of lost ever okay so uh, we'll talk about that next time until then we'll see you all later thanks for listening to the lost mystery podcast with anton and evan 
New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.